You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show, DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you, breaking down another golf tournament this week. We had a really interesting week last week with the match play and uh, the event, uh, the Corrales uh, double barreled activity there last week. So that was fun, uh, particularly having the second event after my uh, match play lineups were largely dead after the first couple of days, as uh, tends to be the case. But it was still a fun match play. Got Scotty Scheffler, Billy Horschel battling out there on Sunday afternoon, and Billy Horschel coming down with the uh, the, the winning uh, title there, and uh, was only one of the uh, top sixteen seeds, I believe, that advanced out of group play. And if you would have bet all the lowest seeded guys to win their groups, you would have turned a profit of like twenty seven units or something ridiculous like that. But uh, that's the nature of the unpredictability of match play. We'll recap that here quickly before we move into this week's Valero Texas Open. I am Justin Van Zuden. I will be hosting the show as usual for you. We'll bring in my two wonderful co-hosts. As always, we'll start with Mr. Notorious Derek Farnsworth on one side. Noto, what's going on? Yeah, not much. A little frustrated after last week. Uh, I was looking so good after the second round of the WGC. Had a chance to get all six guys through, and then uh, answer kind of blew it there against uh, Hovland, uh, lost in the playoff, and then Cantlay just got steamrolled by Hideki, the only good round he's had in months, and then he lost in the playoff. So uh, ended up being a disappointing week, but uh, I'm starting to really like the match play for DFS and for betting. I just bet pretty much uh, you know half the matchups every day and had a great time sweating those out, and then. The Corrales was pretty good, uh, but I forgot to bet Joel Damon. Um, I had him as a core play and bet everyone else in my article, but I uh, forgot to put it outright on Damon. So uh, good week overall, but a uh, little bit, felt like I left a little bit on the table at least. Well, a new week awaits and you're, we're, you know, we're all saving our great weeks for the, uh, the masters next week. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hold that off or maybe this week, this week would be fine too. Uh, but uh, we'll bring in Mr. Tyler Tambaline as well. Tambo, what's going on? What's happening? I'm certainly looking for a great week any week. I feel like Ricky Fowler for this week. I'll take anything. Uh, you know, here, the Masters is next week, sure, but let's get this after last week. I've had some good weeks leading up, but last week was, you know, all built nicely, some good game theory applied, but to Noto's point, that's how I felt. It was, you know, Neiman, Answer, Henley, all these guys that were on the cusp of doing something and just couldn't get it done. And then if you got one lineup where you had Cantlay, it's like you said, you got Matsuyama running over him in the final part of the group. So, uh, yeah, a lot of that was frustrating. And then for my bets last week, I, the guys I absolutely loved was the Battle of Spain. We talked about it. Rom, Sergio, both are chugging away from their opposite sides of the board. I bet them both, got them everywhere in my lineups. And I did have one lineup that ended up having like one of the last 12 or something once Perez got through that had a chance at the final four. The problem was the other three were all losing. So that one ended up not being the one or anywhere near the one. And so overall, not the greatest week, but I, I'm with Noto. I love the format. I didn't love, I mean, it's been talking, we don't need to beat this one down, but I just, you know, the, if it does, and when you only get one guy, like you mentioned, Rom, the three seed, and then even 
uh, Fleetwood was the only other guy outside the, the 30th or worst to the down to 64, him being the 21 seed. It certainly is a little bit of a challenge to get as excited or hyped on Sunday. Uh, I think they were very lucky that they got sort of the college battle of Florida versus Texas with Scheffler versus Horschel. That could have been even more of a snoozer if you had uh, things break out a little bit differently. So overall fun week, uh, but not the best DFS week for me and excited to talk about the Bolero Texas Open. Are you saying that Kucher versus Victor Perez in the finals oh. wouldn't have had the same uh, <laughs> the, the same appeal? Uh, <laughs> it was yeah, bad. It, it was, uh, but they are fun individual matchups to bet. Um, just uh, watching the uh, the head to head play, and it's it's just interesting to see how all that plays out. I had a pretty good week with that uh, betting some of those matchups, though I did like Hovland a lot, and that uh, did not pan out. But uh, again, unpredictable nature of the match play game and uh, certainly is uh, fun to, to follow along with. And then the uh, secondary event down the Corrales, uh, Joel Damon ends up getting his first career win and a saved bucket hat uh, from, uh, yeah. from flying into the water there. Uh, his caddy went and grabbed it as they were taking photos afterwards in the heavy winds. Uh, the bucket hat blew off, but uh, was saved by the end of the day. And uh, Damon said he was not going to be shy about celebrating afterwards. So we'll see uh, the literal hangover effect, how it uh, it happens with him. He's in the field this week. But um, any other takeaways from last week, either from the match play or from the Corrales there for you, Tambo? Love the Joel Damon win. I mean, I spoke enough on match play, but I just, I, I love to see something like that. I compare it all the time with DFS, uh, you know, playing DFS semi-professionally, professionally versus you know, professional golfers who want to, even if it, like everyone says with Joel Damon, he's just in it for the money. It didn't really look like it with that celebration, but at the same time, when you win, it gives you the extension to be able to play for a lot more money. So that's sort of the same thing. We're always looking for that breakout score, trying to find one of these big hits so we can just continue on and sort of keep our tour card, if you will, and get into the next round of big events. We're playing in qualifiers to trying to get into, you know, the 44, 44 at the masters, everyone's sort of on that same playing field where they have that opportunity as ways to get in. We just have to take different paths. Maybe a smaller qualifier is like a corn Ferry tour where you win that and that can help you get some status or, you know, we're playing in a PGA regular event, trying to get into a major event. So I love to see something like that. Joel Damon is extremely likable guy. Awesome. Twitter follow his caddies hilarious. There's just so many good things. So good things happen to good people. Definitely love to see it. Yeah, for sure. Good win for him. And, uh, and now we get to uh, break down the uh, Valero Texas Open this week and a pretty, uh, pretty underwhelming field, not surprising the week before a major. We didn't have this event last year, so uh, data points are you know, a little bit scarce from uh, recent history. And you look at the field and it's a little bit of shock uh, when you see you know, the names at the top this week. But uh, hey, everybody's playing with the same deck of cards as usual. So um, no, no other takeaways for last week for you. Otherwise we can start uh, digging into the uh, venue this week. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you didn't see the Joel Damon interview afterwards, uh, pretty cool. Um, talking about how Gino is caddy talked him into, uh, you know, playing on the corn Ferry tour and he had an eight month old at home and he left him because he believed in Joel and, you know, his wife was, uh, you know, cheering him on the whole time. He was grinding the mini tours and he's a guy that likes to let loose too. Um, I remember we talked about this, uh, on this show, he, uh, tried the, the white claw challenge where you, you drink 24 in one sitting and he got to 23 and then his wife cut him off. So uh, maybe he'll get there this week. <laughs> he got the little extra boost to get that 24th <laughs> now. Um, be good to go. Uh, all right. Uh, why don't you uh, stick with it and start talking about the, uh, the course this week? Yeah. TBC San Antonio uh, should be a fairly difficult test. Looks like the wind is going to be up, uh, especially on Thursday. Uh, so definitely check, 
the weather on Wednesday night uh, to see if there is going to be a tee time edge. I think this was the one of the events where there was like an extreme uh, wind difference between the two waves. So yeah. definitely something I'm going to be monitoring. Um, it was about five of, years ago. I think there was yeah. like a three stroke edge and, you know, just generally here with the way the wind blows in Texas this time of year, there often is an edge one way or the other, maybe not as extreme as it was that one year, but um, that was kind of the event that got, you know, weather edges and golf kind of on the map uh, was here. So yeah, there's sometimes an edge here. Yeah. And these things do tend to be overblown a little bit as well. So um, might be some merit to making a couple stacks, the opposite side of the one you think is going to have the better uh, weather, just because, you know, in case it flips or, or something like that, you never know, but uh, par 72, Close to 7,500 yards. There are four, four par fives, but they are pretty long. A lot of the golfers will turn these into three shot holes. Um, but I do think the driver is going to be important. We're going to see a lot of uh, guys taking out the big stick this week. So uh, I'm putting a dis or uh, edge to distance over accuracy. Definitely think you uh, want to be a good ball striker. And uh, these greens are really tough to hit. So uh, especially in the wind, it's going to be a lot of scrambling opportunities. So I'm basically just looking at uh, strokes getting tee to green. I don't mind taking some chances with some bad putters. Um, if you are looking at putting splits, they are Bermuda. And yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I think the winning score is probably going to be low to mid teens, uh, just depending on the wind. All right, Tambo, what are you looking at this week? A lot of the same what Noto said. I think uh, for me, more of the recent form factor, just what we've seen, what have you done for me lately has been important and something we just see continuously. It's a tougher course. I want guys that are playing well. Uh, the wind is obviously a bigger factor to Noto's point. You mentioned it. We'll keep watching that as the week goes on. Talk about it more tomorrow night on my Wednesday show, about building some wave stacks and whatnot. Certainly looks like there may be some edges there. As far as stats go, it's you know sort of the same thing. I know these greens are pretty difficult to hit. So uh, that's, you know, approach play is what's done well here the last couple of years. But at the same time, I think it, it won't hurt to have a pretty good around the green game, have some good hands and be able to make some putts. So, uh, well, it can alleviate, you know, or leave out some of the putting stats at the same time. If you are a good putter, that can only help you more, especially if you've got a good around the green game. And there's a couple guys like that that I'm targeting this week that we'll talk about when we get into it. Yeah, lots of this is the time of year where DFS uh, gets uh, gets going pretty hot and heavy. We've got a lot of uh, I see Devin talking in the chat about we've got a, a longer overlap season with um, hoops and, and and baseball this year. And uh, I know we started last year because of the way it, the sports calendar all worked out, kind of having people uh, specialize in one or the other as opposed to trying to handle both hoops and uh, baseball. Noto, what's your calendar look like? Are you sticking to hoops? Are you moving to MLB? What are you uh, working on here as we get kick started with baseball? Yeah, no no grind down for me this year for baseball, so uh, I'm pretty pumped for that. And uh, I don't think I'm going to be doing any baseball content until NBA ends. So uh, just sticking to my weekly routine right now, I'm kind of uh, pumped for it. Yeah, it's a switch to MLB for me, which I am fine with. Uh, NBA burns me out this time of year. It's yeah. uh, just uh, I'm ready for baseball, and that's my uh, passion. So uh, anyway, we'll see. Uh, we'll have two sports uh, going full full bore, and uh, and NHL still going strong as well. So good time to check out Roto Grinders Premium if you're not a subscriber. Tambo mentioned uh, he has a Wednesday show where it kind of breaks down lineup HQ. Uh, and some of our, you know, tips and tricks with that, uh, with a special guest, we kind of rotate the, uh, the second host on that show every, uh, other Wednesday night, you know, sometimes it's noticed, sometimes it's me. Uh, we've got a nice, uh, plethora of guests on with Tambo on that show Wednesday nights. Noto posts his model, uh, to, to kind of break down the golfers. So plenty of good stuff. Check out Roto Grinders premium. And, uh, usually during the show, we give away a free weekly pass with a, uh, uh, special golfer selection. We'll see if we can maybe do that later in the show with one of our uh, favorite uh, values 
And last week it was Eric Van Royen who uh, almost, almost got it done and, uh, and made a deep run there. So it uh, wasn't too bad, uh, all things considered, for his salary. But uh, So we'll see if we can pick a winner this week as well. All right, let's start breaking down the field. Obviously, after um, pricing was originally out on at least most of the sites, uh, Dustin Johnson withdrew, so uh, we don't have quite as many 10k plus options this week but uh, let's go ahead and start to break down some of those names at the top you got Spieth in the field this week Finau uh, Scheffler with a potential fatigue factor but uh, Tambo how are you handling the the top four or five this week I like Finau so I was you know once the DJ thing happened I guess you got to sort of make some decisions I found some value plays that I like so if I'm picking from up here right now it looks like we've got Finau and Spieth at the same ownership Uh, certainly pretty easy for me when it comes down to that I'm going to play the guy that I want to play and that's Finau uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe we uh, see something from him here. It's been so, you know, it, before the last couple events, we've seen quite a bit out of him and then just fell off a little. This would be a good time to pick it back up. The thing about speed that all I can keep thinking about, this is just, you know, sort of a bias, or I guess one of those things you're used to from playing so much DFS is he either crushes this week and then destroys dreams at the masters next week, or he sucks this week. And then people don't necessarily go back to him as much. They always play him at the masters, but not as much. And then he ends up doing well. That's sort of how I always see this breaking down. But uh, I like Fino and I actually like Matsuyama. I do like uh, Matsuyama a little bit here just because you talked about that, uh, you know, the first round in a while there, Noda, you're definitely right with that. But we, you know, it's kind of like our Sunday golfer that has a good round type thing. Got to feel pretty good just mowing down Patrick Cantley like that coming out, you know, had nothing else to prove really besides that. And he's got the game and ball strikers can do quite well here. And that's what he is. So as long as he's putting it in the green, Give him, giving himself those opportunities, he'd be sort of the opposite effect, but he does have a pretty good around the green game and it just comes down to the putters. So uh, for someone with sort of a complete game at 10.1K, it looks like he's going to be the lowest owned 18%, or no, sorry, 10% here, even less. So yeah, I'm definitely got a little bit of interest in Matsuyama, but Finau would be my guy right at the top, going up top. All right, Noto, what are you thinking at the top here? Yeah, I'm thinking uh, fade the whole range uh, when it comes to my main lineup. I'm just not uh, too interested in anybody. You mentioned Scheffler. I think he played 122 holes over those five days, um, tied with Horschel for the most. Um, so I'm worried about that a little bit. Obviously, uh, went to Texas, so you got that ankle going. He's a pretty good course fit as well, but do worry about fatigue a little bit. Hideki, I just haven't seen enough from him. I like playing Hideki when he's 7, 8K in strong fields rather than when he's a favorite in weak fields. So I'm going to be off of Hideki as well. Uh, Fino, I can get behind Fino a little bit, but I really like him next week. So I don't want him to play all that well this week. And then kind of the same thing for Speed too. Um, the thing with Speed, he's gained strokes on approach in 25 of his last 27 rounds, uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, for the longest time, you know, he was just getting lucky with the short game. And now the irons have been hot, um, you know, over the last couple months. So I could see Speed playing well this week uh, and parlaying it into really high ownership next week, which is kind of uh, not what I want to see happen. But if I'm ranking the top guys, I'll go Finau, Speed, and then the other two tied last. So as I put in my GPP article this week, the pig that you see flying outside your front door right now was me putting Jordan Speeth in my article this week. Oh, I like um, it. I... I, I tried to think back and kind of look back and obviously contest data gets, you know, deleted after a while, but I think I've only played him twice in the last three years. Um, and it scares me to like, okay, now all of a sudden here I am on Spieth and I'm on him when he's 10, seven, you know, it, it feels wrong, but 
it's it's the point that you know Noto mentioned that the iron play has gotten better. He is from Texas. You know, he had the crowd behind him last week. He was smiling um, at the match play, and you know, he just looks like a different golfer right now. And it's you know, it's just one of those spots where I think I'm one of those that sometimes can be pretty stubborn about getting back on guys when they've turned things around and. And I don't think that's fair to Spieth, given the way that he's played. Uh, so, you know, I'll be on him in GPPs this week. I certainly agree that I don't think you have to play anybody from this range. There's risk factors with everybody the week before a major um, or whether it's form with somebody like Matsuyama or fatigue with Scheffler, which I share those you know concerns there uh, to where, you know, I don't really think the opportunity cost is all that high. So I will have Spieth in my GPP pool this week uh, just, you know, for old time's sake, we'll see, uh, we'll see what he can do, but um, I, I'm nervous about it. I'm afraid the one week I get on board, he's just going to play like garbage, but uh, that's all right. We'll see how it goes. Other thoughts, uh, Tambo, on that uh, top range from you? Otherwise, you can start going into the 9Ks if you want. Uh, yeah, I'll do both real quick just to circle back. So, you know, I put in the expert survey underweight on speed. So just to, to talk about that, like I'm saying, it's I'm with Noto. I don't really like Scheffler at all after thinking about all this stuff that went through there with last week. I, you know, had the fans on his side, but we saw even Billy Horschel, who they couldn't stop talking about how fit he was having to stretch it out on like hole three or four. And then they had to play even more holes. So uh, not really feeling that for Scheffler. It's a pretty good week for him. Makes out with a pretty nice paycheck, basically a win on tour at a regular season event almost. So, uh, you know, I'm okay going off of that. But one thing I'll say to Noto's point is I'm not, and I never play Hideki over 10 K. I just like the fact that he's 10%. I think there's some ideas that we could play with here, but going into this next range, this is where I was at talking with Kenny yesterday and where I'm basically making my stands of all the overweight stances are going to come through the nine and the eight K range for me. I like quite a few guys here. I'll leave answer for you, Noto, because I know we both like him, but uh, he was another guy, just quick note in that match play one putt away, right. From continuing this thing on and then likely getting to the next round, he'd already beat Hovland. Uh, so I expected that. Uh, Tringali, love him. Think he's a great play at 17%. We talk about staying up on board all the time. Noto surprisingly still has him tagged up as well. So we're, we're falling in line there. I like Charlie Hoffman, even with the chalk 14 for 14 made cuts. He's already pumped. He's posting stuff on Instagram and, uh, you know, just about being back here. So this is where he gets hot heading into the masters to become the first round leader, the classic <laughs> joke. Uh, and then after that, I really like the 8k range. We're not there yet. So I'll leave you with those three for me in the 9k range. All right, Noto, I know you like some of those guys in there, so I'll uh, let you have a crack at it. Yeah, I think Tambo hit my top three as well. Uh, you got Answer, who's been uh, playing really well, obviously should advance out of the group stage, um, just blew his match against Hovland and then missed a four-footer on the playoff hole, but uh, I'm not tilted at all by that. Um, anyway, the, the two events before that gained seven strokes tee to green, 8.6 strokes tee to green. He lives in San Antonio. He's played here three times, never missed a cut. So I do like answer quite a bit. Uh, Tringali, for all the reasons that Tambo mentioned, just playing great. Um, he's longer off the tee than you expect. He's top 10 in this field in approach, birdie or better, and bogey avoidance, which is a pretty uh, good combo. I like the Hoffman call, just top 10 machine at this event in the past. And uh, I would honestly not, you know, or not hesitate to go overweight on some of the other guys. I mean, Corey Connors, obviously a great course fit, won here in 2019. Ryan Palmer with the Texas uh, narrative, pretty good course history. Brendan Still's been playing great. He's never uh, missed a cut here, I believe. Um, he's eight of nine here. So just so many good plays in this range, which is why I don't love the 10Ks. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think that's a perfectly reasonable take. And I also think you get a lot of people doing that. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we've got... 18% ownership on Scheffler. We've got 23% on Spieth. 
We've got 22% on fee now. Like, I think all of those numbers are too high. I think you're going to see a lot of people start in the 9Ks with Answer, with Connors, with Palmer, with Tringali, with Hoffman, with Steele. There's plenty of reasons to play any of those guys. And I think that is going to keep ownership down on the 10K plus golfers. So we'll see where it trends. Uh, I certainly don't think with all the steam building behind the Scheffler <clears throat> fatigue narrative and playing in that wind on Sunday and 36 holes, like, I don't think he's going to get to uh, 18%, but could be wrong. It's early yet. Uh, but um, Tambo, any other thoughts on the nine Ks for you? No, I would agree with what you just said. That's certainly what I'll be digging into tomorrow night as well. Sort of looking at the combinations of what people are probably doing and then what maybe we could do a little bit different to build around that. But I don't hate what you just said. I think the Scheffler thing could ring true. And I think just mixing and matching some of these nine K guys and seeing what that looks like and be able to get a little bit of leverage in certain spots, right? If you know certain guys you can go with or certain builds that you can utilize, you can play a little chalk up there and then go unique at the bottom. So there's lots of ways to go about it here. We always talk about fading some of the chalk in the value range, just don't play answer Tringali Hoffman, and then a bunch of the chalk values, right? You can use those guys and then mix it up completely at the bottom. If you want, there's a lot of ways to go about it here uh, in this range. So I, I like the AK range though, coming up. Definitely. Yeah. Um, interesting, uh, interesting spots here. I have tagged up Palmer and steel um, as my GPP options. I, I certainly think the other guys are, are fine and, and, you know, maybe a little bit safer in cash games, but GPPs, uh, feel free to go with really anybody in this range other than Kucher who feels overpriced at 9K and he also played a lot of golf last week. So he would be the one guy that I am not on. Uh, Noto, you want to start breaking down the 8Ks? I'll let you go first there. Yeah, a lot less interest in this range for me. Uh, I do like Chris Kirk a lot though. He's been playing uh, some pretty good golf recently. Did miss the cut at the waste management, but other than that, he's gained at least four strokes tee to green. Six of his last seven events, uh, he's getting it done pretty much all facets, gaining strokes off the tee, on approach, around the green. On the green, he's got uh, three top 15s at this event in the past. So love the spot for Kirk. Does look like he's going to be pretty popular. Everyone else, I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with Cam Davis. Obviously a great birdie maker, great ball striker. Um, that should play well in the wind. Uh, pretty good putter as well. So if he can keep it together around the green, I think he's interesting. Keegan's just been running red hot with the short game. That scares me. Uh, Zach Johnson, he's always fine, but uh, not a guy that I'm like looking to, to target. Um, everyone else, yeah, I mean, Joel Dahman coming off the big win. He's probably going to be hung over Thursday morning. Ricky <laughs> Fowler, so much pressure on him right now. Hard to see him, you know, getting the win and, and, and getting it back into the Masters. So uh, not a lot of interest for me. I do like Sam Burns, though. Um, good ball striker, great birdie maker, coming off a of back-to-back missed cuts, which hopefully – We'll keep the ownership at around 15%. If he was in a little better form, I, I would expect him to be more popular. Yeah, he'd definitely be more popular if the form was better. He uh, crashed out in amazing fashion at the players, but uh, at AK in this field does seem a bit cheap. I'm kind of with you. I don't love this range a whole lot. Um, you know, Zach Johnson and Keegan as, as massive chalk. Lanto Griffin, right? He's not under 7K. He's 8,700 that you can't play him there. Uh, Siwoo Kim, his form has faded a bit. He's expensive. So, uh, Tambo, you mentioned you like some guys in this range. Uh, who are you higher on uh, than than we are? This is crazy, man. This is a, you know, Siwoo Kim just came ninth at the players. I mean, this is a, the range I like. And so, stats wise, I got Siwoo. Uh, I got Cam Davis. I'll talk about Zach Lanto for sure. Chris Kirk. That funny enough for once, I don't love the chalk and it's in this range. I don't love Zach Johnson or Keegan Bradley, but Hadwin I'll talk about in a second. Uh, Ricky Fowler, the motivation, I'll just play him uh, because if, you know, if I'm playing speed at 10, seven, 
I'm going to play Ricky Fowler at 81 in this field. Just uh, one last shot. And the only reason that's a little bit of a bias, but we talked about this in the past, uh, Ian Poulter off the points mistake, needing the win at the Shell Houston Open to get into the Masters was when I had my biggest DFS week ever. So, hey, let's run it back one time with my ex-favorite golfer, Ricky Fowler. Uh, I've since moved on to his guy, JT, but I still got a little love for Ricky. So there's that. I like your guys, you know, you mentioned at the bottom, Burns. Wise was just in the hunt, but just the couples that I'll, that I'll tag up here. So see who I talked about it. Stats-wise, just incredible across the board. Some of the comp courses or situations people, you know, I've talked about here, like the Amex or places like that, you know, he's shown up at and then just coming off that at the players. Uh, he's 8,900. He's got upside. And, and this is also too, maybe why you guys don't like this range as much. And I love it is because these are guys that are very scary to play, but they have immense upside if they do get through. So maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow night about yeah, not, not playing all these guys in the same lineup, but Cam Davis, love him. Can't talk about him enough. All the time we talk about Cam Davis, if he makes the cut, he, and I used this with Kenny yesterday, him and Matt Kuchar, 9k and 8,800. 8, I think they're just the same pretty much. Like you said, Kucher played a bunch of golf last week, but who's going to have more upside? And we'll talk about that with Furick and the mistakes that I've made with him in the past later on. I think you guys like him a little, but um, using two more things, Lanto Griffin, 35th, 21st, 22nd, 26th, and 7th. This one excites me too, because he's doing this in the Farmers, the Genesis, a WGSC event, the players and the API. These are much stronger fields, much tougher courses that people just think of his price being too high now at 8,700. He's dialed in. And then the last one's in the spirit of time. Uh, Adam Hadwin is going to be an interesting play. It is Canadian. It is Team Canada week. We'll get to that throughout the show. Some hints there. But Connors, uh, some of the other guys we'll mention later, uh, you know, Connors was the, the winner here in 2019. And some of the other guys that we'll talk about that pop up. But surprisingly enough, 8th at the Honda, 29th at the Players, 26th at the Genesis, 50th at the Waste Management, 18th at the Farmers, and 32nd at the Amex. Seven of his last eight cuts for Adam Hadwin. Nobody's going to play him, and he's sitting right there at an $8,300 price tag. I think he's got a lot of upside and could be a good tournament play to round out this range. I don't hate that call. Um, <clears throat> you know, Siwoo Kim is interesting. You mentioned ninth at the Players, but before that, I mean, it was – four missed cuts and a 50th sandwiched around his win at the, at the American express. So I guess that's a full Siwoo Kim experience first four sure. missed cuts and a 50th <laughs> and then ninth. Uh, but uh, the upside is there certainly. So, and yeah. The, the sidebar on that is the win was at the Amex, Amex which I'm taking seriously uh, in, oh. in comparison to comp course. And a lot of guys that we like here and show up here have done well at that track, as well as the waste management Phoenix open where he made the cut and then the players he won. So that's a little bit, you got more Noto. My only concern is uh, both his recent finishes that were good were Pete die courses. I mean, he is truly oh. turned into a Pete die specialist. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, he's definitely known for that. And again, it's part of the, the play there. It's, I guess, you, you like I said, not everyone's playing a, a Kuchar there, but at the same price tags, it's the same where he's fitting in isn't really that crazy when you think about it. I think a lot of people will just naturally go to a guy like Steele, who you mentioned, or, or even Hoffman, who we like already, but you've got C who won the Amex and, and just top 10 the players. So like, no, like Card said, it is the full Siwoo experience. Uh, not necessarily one you have to jump on board for. You got Cam Davis right below him there at the same thing, Orlando Griffin, probably a lot safer. All right. Other thoughts on uh, that 8K range for you, Noto? Otherwise, you can head into the 7Ks if you like. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too interested in Hadwin, but uh, Tambo made a good case for him, so I might have to uh, get a little bit of exposure to him. As far as the 7Ks, the upper 7Ks, 
I like Harold Varner. Seems like uh, every time he's not popular, he kind of plays well. Um, he's a good ball striker. His around the green game has really improved. He's 12th in my model uh, over the last 75 rounds. Um, not a guy that I think of that has a good short game, but I think that will come in handy this week. Uh, Ryan Moore's got the great course history. Uh, I might have to get just a little bit. He hasn't been playing a lot of golf, hasn't been playing very good golf, but um, maybe he's found something at this course. Moving down, I like Sebastian Munoz. I kind of put him in the same category as Lonto Griffin. Um, they just seem like they're like the same type of player where they can both gain strokes in all facets. And, you know, he's a lot cheaper and he's going to be lower owned. So I'll have some Sebastian Munoz. And then um, got to always have a few shares of uh, EVR, Eric Van Royen. Um, just continues to play well, um, although this doesn't fit the WGC ma and, uh, major narrative. So maybe we knew, uh, we knew he was getting out yeah. of that group, though. No, no, at least getting out of the group. We had that. Yeah. Begged. Maybe I'll have to Gosh. take that one back. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it, it's just it's interesting when you get to this range, because once we start to get below 8K, if you look at like 7,900 to 7,400, we don't have anybody pegged in double digits in terms of ownership. So it uh, basically starts to become play who you want. But uh, if you make one or two good picks in this kind of high end of the 7K range, it, it could really make or break your lineup. So EVR will be one of them at 4%. Uh, Tambo, you got some favorites in there? I, I do have a few. I think it just that's what interests me a little bit more, just heading back, not to you know, wheel it back. But the 8K range is like, I just feel like those guys are all so much better versus normally you could say, I know they're not better than the 9K range. We already talked about that. That's why our love's there. But it does get tricky here. It's like you said, you are the good news is we are going to be able to plug a lot of these guys in with those 9K lineups. And again, that's what I'll look at tomorrow. But it does make it a little bit harder. I'm with Noto on Moore and Varner. I actually like Varner more. I, I was with you there, Noto. I think this is a great spot for him at 7,900. Uh, and you look at it, normally in this spot, he's the one getting the 15 or 20% ownership at this price point. But maybe people are just kind of done with him. And at 7,900, he does really stand out for me. Uh, Munoz, they joked and called, uh, or Spieth called Matt Kuchar, the smiling assassin uh, at the match play event. And I find that Sebastian Munoz is like that. Guys like him, Ortiz, you mentioned Lanto, who's another, uh, Lanto Griffin, another good comparison there. But these are guys that, again, are, he's like a cheaper Cam Davis even too, right? You think about the same type of game. They can both go off. They can both get to the top of this tournament and they can both score a lot of DraftKings points, DraftKings points while doing it. Putnam, Lines up there nicely. I think, you know, let me see the ownership here right quick. Johnny, a couple guys here. Johnny Hu, I think these are the chalk. Maybe not so much. Johnny Hu and Doug Gim, though, and Doug's my favorite there. These are just two guys that are chugging along, making every cut, playing some great golf. And I know people see Sam Ryder over at the Corrales last week and Vegas almost winning a couple weeks ago himself at the Puerto Rico Open and stuff. But uh, I won't make you say that one today, Cards. I already took it away from you there with Johnny, Johnny V. But uh, I like Gim and I like Hu. To round out sort of that bottom range, there is other guys, but you know, just without going through all of them, those are some of the ones that stand out for me. Yeah, I played Johnny Vegas some uh, last week in the uh, Corrales, and um, you know, it just, sometimes you gotta you gotta play a little Johnny Vegas. I'm not on him this week though. <laughs> okay. Um, this again, you get you basically named most of the options. I think that people will be looking at. Uh, I don't think you'll have a lot of people that kind of look at the Corrales numbers last week, maybe outside, I mean, people kind of know Damon won, but otherwise, you know, people didn't probably follow that event as much as the match play. So you can get some guys who maybe played fairly well last week at lower ownership than you otherwise would for uh, players who are coming off a good finish. So just some general food for thought there. Noto, anything else above 7,000 that you're looking at this week? 
Uh, did write up John Huh, uh, Johnny Questionmark, uh, like Tambo mentioned. He's just been playing really well. Um, he actually took a full seven months off once COVID hit. He's made nine of his last 10 cuts, been playing well. Uh, really strong tee to green his last time out. Uh, decent course history, too. It's been up and down, but he's got some high finishes. Denny McCarthy, uh, the putting god, always uh, worth a look just because he makes so many birdies. Lucas Glover coming off of a nice finish. Um, I like the Doug Gim call. I think he went to school in Texas, so you can certainly play that narrative. And then Matthew Neesmith, number one in this field in strokes can't approach. Um, it could easily go poorly if he doesn't hit greens, but um, you got to like that with the wind. Uh, good ball strikers that you know, know how to fight their ball down and stuff. All right. Uh, don't forget, we usually play a little game uh, as far as our favorite value pick goes, and uh, we will do that here on the show. Pick the one golfer that all three of us before the show agreed on below 7,000 on DraftKings that we like as a value this week. Not necessarily – you know, under 2% owned or anything this week, a player that will be on the radar for some, but uh, who do we all agree on below 7K? Uh, first person to guess that here before we get off the air, we will get you a free week of Roto Grinders Premium. Uh, we'll give everybody just a couple of guesses and then uh, we'll uh, maybe give out a hint if nobody gets it. So I'll have to, uh, to make sure that we don't talk about said player before somebody actually guesses it but uh, again under 7k on DraftKings, one of our favorite values of the week but tambo anything else above seven thousand for you before we uh, move into the punts because i don't have a lot of 6ks to name i will name just a few more uh, one i want to bring up was benny on i forgot about him uh, if we talk about Corey connor's winning this thing in 2019 again not going to have the form that you're looking for but uh the, what he does have is he's usually a pretty good ball striker let's hope for that it's a weaker field than we've seen him in usually uh some have used even wet the the windham or sedgefield course to be able to compare to here where he did quite well at in the past and then also uh, really good around the green game so if they're already missing greens anyway like Noto talked about you can alleviate some of that need for the putter that really lines him up quite nicely where I don't think anybody will be on him really uh, Sepp Straka did play well last week if you were following the Kraus I know you were cards is you know really bombed away the last three or four holes there but other than that a great week for him uh, a great play at the Amex which I'm utilizing some here Adam Long We've been following along. Neesmith, I'm with you, Noto. And then I want to ask Noto one quick question because he's the whisperer. But Harry Higgs, 7,100. Uh, I believe he's got some good stuff coming in here. What are your thoughts on your guy, Harry Higgs, before we go to the 6K range? Strong on Bermuda, uh, 19th at the Honda, 29th at the Players. I I'm really going to need the backstory. Before Noto gives his opinion, I need the backstory on this. I know I think you guys talked about it on one of the Wednesday shows uh, was where this Harry Higgs love came from. Um, <laughs> and then maybe he played well. I don't know. I need the backstory. Does Noto even know? Because he probably just thinks I'm just making stuff up like usual. But Harry Higgs is your boy, right? I mean, I like him, but uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I, I believe it was a run on during the COVID shutdown or or not the COVID shutdown. Sorry, just after that, when he was utilized in your showdown articles, like every single week, he was like, your play was Harry Higgs in, show, <laughs> in, in every day in succession. So everyone's like, oh, play that the Harry Isabel Higgs play now. again. Yeah, so that. yeah, you were the Harry Higgs guy and it seemed to work quite often. So I was with you on it. Uh, I like him, but I do think he's an interesting play this week in a range again, where people aren't really touching this up much. And there's Neesmith and him right there. You could even use them both in the same lineup. I think they'd be fine. Yeah, really like Higgs. Uh, went to SMU, so uh, very familiar with Texas golf. And, uh, yeah, he's been playing well, back-to-back -back top 30. So I like that quite a bit. Right on. Let's use him. All right. Uh, Higgs is the uh, – who Who are your guys' uh, first pass, by the way, uh, if you had to pick one or two players that you'd have to bet uh, at the Masters before the odds really start shifting in the next – 
couple weeks. Uh, I like Bubba at 40 to one, always a track he plays well at, and uh, he played pretty well at the match play last week. So uh, Bubba's one of my guys. You guys got uh, favorite early bets for the Masters? Go ahead, Noto. I got a couple here. I'm just pulling them up. I know mine. I just want to see what uh, I made three when I went to Vegas a while ago. I bet uh, Bryson, Finau. Finau's going to get his first big win. Um, What'd you bet? What'd you Masters. get Finau at? Because I got Finau too. What's your number? I don't know. I just have it in my uh, oh, my okay, wallet okay. on a little piece of paper up there. I haven't looked at it for a few months. Um, so I have those two and then uh, Cantlay. Yeah, that's two of the, the two that I got are Cantlay and Finau right now. So, I wish right. I would have gotten speed. I was tempted, and then I was just like, ah, oh, he's not going to turn it around. Uh, I remember I laughed at you last week about speed too, but hey, you never know. You never know what's going to happen with speed, man. I think he's, yeah. I, I think this week, what wasn't his number this week pretty similar to what he is for next week? Like you could bet him in this field at a decent number. Before DJ went out, at least, I thought he yeah. was like 18 yeah, I, or something. I think it's like 14 now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, uh, let's go ahead and uh, dig into the uh, values. Uh, I, I got to hand it to our, our man, Jim Steele, always checking us out and, uh, and watching our content. We appreciate it. And he took his two guesses to get the, uh, the value golfer of the week and got it right. So kudos to him. Uh, he did go with the Canada angle. Tambo hinted, hinted at it earlier uh, but he got it right with the second guess. So uh, kudos to, uh, to to Jim on that. But uh, Roger Sloan is the winner, and uh, and I'm impressed. You know, took the pre- previous weeks, it took us a lot of guesses for somebody to get the uh, the winner. So uh, kudos on the Roger Sloan guess, and you are the winner. Uh, but uh, all right, Tambo, Canada proud, Roger Sloan. Talk about him and your favorite punts this week. Yeah, I do like Sloan again. If you're following it last week, there's him and, and another Canadian as well, uh, Vincent Whaley, that I like. So th- those are the two main Canadians down here that I was interested in is Roger Sloan. Just you, like I said, you looked last week. He had a pretty good week in front of him. Um, actually, three of them. Uh, where's he at here? Michael Lidgick was another guy. If you were following over there overseas. Yeah, he played pretty well. He, he played well. And this guy's not in the field, but uh, it was an interesting tidbit that went with that was Adam Svensson, another Canadian, won on the Corn Ferry Tour last week. We've seen him in these tournaments a little bit. Uh, but he was the first Canadian Corn Ferry Tour winner since Michael Glidzik. So a little bit of hype there. So Glidzik's at 62. And then Vincent Whaley at 6,100. This guy's on a little bit of a run. 15th, the Puerto Rico Open. 36th at the Honda. Pretty nice stats across the board. And then a 28th at the Corrales last week. But had himself a pretty good Sunday, if I recall. I looked at it the other day, and I think it was uh, – what did he have here, man? I, I was can't that remember, Whaley but... or somebody else? Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of Whaley. Not Canadian, but uh, I just was looking at him. He actually missed the cut there. So I don't know what I was thinking of with him there, but uh, 28th, who was I going with then? Like I said, sometimes I make some stuff up, but I was looking at his stuff and uh, <laughs> the numbers are good. And I know that from doing my showdown show on Sundays that I've been following him quite a bit. And at 6,100, uh, the two Canadians were Glidgic and Sloan that I was talking about, but uh, 28th at the Corrales. Yeah, that's odd. Vincent Whaley, and that's not the case at all. So, hmm. interesting. Yeah, 6,100, I'll still play him, but uh, mainly because his Puerto Rico Open as Honda, not his Corrales finish. All right, Noto, you got any punts this week? And then I will offer up a couple of my favorites. Yeah, so if you like uh, top 35 finishes, you got Jim Furyk. If you like top 55 finishes, you got Adam Shank. Um, <laughs> other than that, I mean, not all that much. Uh, I think... 
I had a couple here. So Doc Redman, he has missed uh, four of his last five cuts, and every single time he's missed a cut, it's been on the number. We know he's a good really? ball striker. All four? Yeah, yeah all four. Interesting. Um, I did not know that. And he's gained strokes, uh, ball striking in three of those five. So I think he's close to to turn it uh, around. I'm going to play him now because <laughs> just because of that. And that now it feels like that's only destined to go one way. <laughs> But uh, if I Scott, don't play him, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna go, yeah. he's gonna play well. Yeah, I like Scott Stallings a little bit. Uh, some good course history. He is a guy that can uh, get high with his irons. Is this Danny Lee's home course, or is that a different one? One's Ryan Palmer's, and one's Danny Lee's in Texas. I was getting confused. I think it's Lee's because I don't think it's Palmer's. I, I forget what one is his, but I do think you're right about that. I'll have to look that up. I might have a little bit of him. And then uh, down at 6,200, I'll have a little bit of Troy Merritt. Um, played pretty well last week. One of the better uh, ball strikers in terms of the old school. I do the old school things when we don't have uh, uh, link data where you look at uh, fairways and driving distance and greens regulation. He was right there near the top. So I have a few shares of him as well. Yeah, one, one more thing there, Cards. It was a case of too many tabs, uh, too many tab syndrome. He definitely did finish 28th, Vincent Whaley, at the Corrales. And the reason I brought that up and I had to go back and make sure that I wasn't just making things up was it was you saw Joel Damon get the win, Campos, you know, the heartbreaking putt there. It was, you know, sad to see for him, but a uh, very windy Sunday. And Whaley put up a 70, uh, you know, which is pretty solid for that. And now if we are getting the wind here this week, just coming off of that, and then the other two finishes that I talked about and the stats that go with it, I actually think he is pretty interesting down at 6,100. A couple of mine, uh, Grayson Sig is a guy who's on my radar. Uh, again, this is kind of just a glorified Corn Ferry Tour field, if you will. Maybe a little stronger than that. That's a bit harsh. But uh, he did finish ninth uh, at the Corrales last week, uh, steadily improving rounds as he went, uh, and I believe is top eight or so on the Corn Ferry Tour money list and potentially one of the next kind of up-and-comers, eight top tens on the Corn Ferry Tour and, uh, and plus last week on the PGA tour this year. So don't mind him at 6,800 uh, and we've got him at 2% ownership. So uh, I think it'll rise a little bit higher than that, but uh, solid value there. I don't mind Furyk. I kind of with Noto there uh, mentioned with Tambo on the Wednesday show a few weeks ago, how I was fading Furyk in GPPs when the week he was popular and going to be about 16 to 18% owned this week, we've got him at six. Uh, so I think this is a spot where you can, uh, you can look to Mr. Furyk to get that, aforementioned 35th place finish uh, that uh, Derek talked about, which uh, that's fine from somebody rounding yeah. out your roster. I don't even so. know if he can do that anymore. That's what I'm, that's why I said earlier, like I'm struggling with that. And I think you guys liked him, but like, what does he get you here? I, I want to look back at his numbers and just see real quick, but like. He had a couple 26th, top thirties in had Cali. A, had a couple top twenties there. Yeah, I guess so. Top 26, 26, 21st. But before that, it was like one twenty third way back in 2019, a 17th back then. And like, geez man the players was obviously the big deal but this guy just never does anything when i play him so i don't know we'll have to see what we'll talk about it tomorrow what are you guys doing with kevin chapel he might get double digit ownership uh, not playing him wild <laughs> i mean it's just is that just a course history thing or what uh yeah i mean he had a good finish at the honda it was all short game He's lost strokes to green in 13 of 16 events. Uh, he's just getting talked up by all the shows uh, this week. Uh, kind of surprised me to see his ownership that high. That's what Kenny brought up. I said the only Kevin story I remember from here, because I forgot even one year, was that, that the uh, Kevin Na 16 
in the woods looking for his ball back when it was in 2011 <laughs> or 12, just putting up a 16 at a, at a PGA course. That's pretty incredible when there's really no water involved or anything. So yeah, that, that's wild. But uh, yeah, not really interested in Kevin Chapel. I like your Troy Merritt call. The only other guy that I was going to, you know, by the way, I said it last week on this very show that Fratelli would burn me after being up all in on him at 8,200 the week before, pretty much not all in, but quite heavy. This is my time to go back to Bo Hogue. Basically, you look at the numbers. He's Neesmith for 6,400. So you can save 700 bucks if you don't want to, or you can play them both together, but they have the same game, fairways, avoiding bogeys. Maybe there's some a little bit more upside there ability, but at 6,400, and then you mentioned Danny Lee probably sold me on that, even if it's not his home course. Uh, I like Danny Lee. We like him in Texas. Trains with the uh, with Gankus, the same guy that uh, has the Matthew Wolf swing perfection out there. So I think that's an interesting call as well at 6,500. No one's really going to be on him. So there are playable options in this range, but you don't want to be going, you know, full on stars and scrubs uh, with, you know, three 10 K plus guys and, you know, three six Ks. It just, it doesn't make sense this week. And it's part of why I think um, the, the, the top range will maybe be a little bit lower owned than, than how we originally have it projected, but we shall see. So any other thoughts from you guys uh, before we uh, call it a week? I got a prop bet for you guys. Okay. Oh, and then we got a, Jim's got a question in the chat too. So I'll, uh, I'll throw that out to you guys, but go ahead. Noto. All right. Does the winner of this event, um, is he already in the masters or uh, is it a guy that punches his ticket? Go ahead cards. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'll say somebody. I'll say somebody punches their ticket just for fun, uh, even though the person that I picked to win probably is already in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm with you. It's a it's a ticket puncher event here in general. So uh, it's been that. I way mean, in I wish. I, do you know? Do you know how many players that are in this field are qualified next week without going one by one and or. Is that, I mean, sure. Yeah, I'm I sure it's pretty, it's not that, I don't think it's that hard to go when you look down the board, but I mean, there's gotta be what less than 10. Oh, I'd say it's uh, uh, maybe just over actually. Yeah. I'm seeing a couple more names here. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's enough chances though. There's way more opportunity of someone. The, the odds are way higher that we get a ticket. Well, here's and, the, here's the, here's the guys that are in the masters field that are in the, this week's field. The answer is in the field. That's one Connors is two. Uh, Finau is three. Let's see. Lanto is four. Spieth. Um, Spieth is five. Matsuyama. Zach Johnson, six. Matsuyama, seven. Siwoo is eight. Willett, Noto said. Mix. Willett is nine. Uh, is Hoff, does Hoffman need to win to get yeah. the first round yeah, leader Hoffman's next? Week? Not, Hoffman's, Hoffman's not in. Hoffman's going to win. Oh, even more reason to play him. That's nine. Palmer is 10. And I think I picked Palmer to win. So that's why. Yeah, I did. So that's why I'm. Scheffler is 11. Um, Spieth, we've already got. I'm going alphabet. Wallace, Matt Wallace is 12. Uh, Willow, we've already got. It's 12. Uh, may, um, plus or minus one for my potential error in looking through that quickly, but I think it's 12. Uh, so the odds say it's going to be somebody punching their ticket, um, unless one of the you know top four or five favorites. How, how else is it? It has to be a ticket puncher if Ricky Fowler's getting in. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got to see it. So we'll wait and see. And uh, yeah, you should ask Noto that question. It's his, this, I feel like he's the, the Akshay whisperer as well, even though. I'm yeah. Just so that's, that, one up. that was uh, Jim's <laughs> question in chat. Akshay Batia. Uh, we've got him. We've actually got him at uh, 4% ownership. So he's getting a little buzz out there and 
Um, you know, we've seen him play in spurts uh, on the PGA Tour. There was that one event, uh, was it? Is that the AT&T? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He finished uh, 30th and had that uh, uh, first round leader, I believe, uh, in that event. Uh, played in Mayakoba and did all right as well. So, Noto, any thoughts there? Love the talent. I think uh, he needs some time, obviously. I think he's just one of those guys you play in showdown because uh, it's going to be hard for him to string together for really good rounds. But he's cheap, so I don't hate it. Yeah, he's only 19. Uh, so plenty of uh, room to grow uh, as uh, as the years go on. But it uh, would be nice to see him play well, for sure. Uh, one quick thing on it. I guess I said I wouldn't chime in, but I went and looked him up just to find something. And I've used this. I mentioned at the top that uh, Safeway and Silverado is a course that's been considered comparable here and you go back and look Akshay Batia ninth place with a 16 under score that he put up and the winner was Stewie Sink so are we going to have a Furic wins get your Furic <laughs> Akshay lineups in the mix and you'll get yourself a winner in a top 10 and Doc Redmond's in there Sam Burns Harry Higgs is in there like look these are all the guys man so uh, maybe that's the way to go here Michael Glidgick in 14th if you want to compare this course and the list goes on. Doug Gim, I'll stop. But there you go. So maybe he is a play here. All right. With that, we'll call it a show here for this week. As always, it's been a blast, and we appreciate you checking us out or downloading us and uh, listening on the podcast feed. Uh, plenty of ways to uh, digest the show. And anybody who hung out with us live, we appreciate it. And uh, thank you for watching. So have a great week. We'll be back here next week. Uh, tell your friends, if you're downloading us and watching us later, you know, uh, tell your friends, Hey, check us out for the masters. It's free. You don't have to be a premium subscriber to watch this show. Uh, so we will be back next week, hopefully with, uh, with a lot of interaction and, uh, live Q and a, and, uh, we'll take everything we can for the masters should be a lot of fun. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next Tuesday with that. So for Tambo and Noto and our producer, Devin, I am Justin. Have a great week, everybody take care. And we will talk to you later. Thank <music> you.